Candace and Ariel are not final girls. Candace is second to last at best. And Ariel is probably the killer. This podcast is intended for ghouls, haters, and Wikipedia summary readers. Listen on at your own risk. Welcome to our twisted mind. If it's not a good look, why do I wear it so well? Pardon me, I missed a your pretty face for someone else, but you just have to do because you see it's getting late. Hello, everybody. This is Not Your Final Girl from the recent past, I'm going to say. Um, as always, actually, from the recent past, because, you know, we record it and then we edit it. But you'll know what I mean. You'll get it. Um, this is Candace and Ariel. And we are here again with Pornsack Pichichot, um, comic hey, yes. book hey. and TV writer. We had him on a while back to talk about Green Room and Funny Games, which was a great double feature. And um, he has a new comic. It's called Dead Boy Detectives, and it's great. It's so <laughs> charming and fun and also gross, which is uh, really what we're about here at Not Your Final Yes. So thanks for coming everything. on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, this is fun. I like, I like, I, it's always nice to talk movies. I was like, oh, yeah, I get to talk movies with you guys. It was yeah, great because really... you like you came at us with this like what I would what I will call like an un- unhinged double feature for this second. I know. Hang out. I, 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 loved I, it. I get it though. Now I was like really you too. Like, huh? Huh? And now I'm like okay, okay, yeah. Now I'm, I'm there. Yeah, me too. It, me too. Yeah, it's funny because I don't think I and this might have been like the other we were talking about like reaching out all that kind of stuff. This might be I don't. This wasn't conscious in my brain, but it might have been subconscious. It's like. I just needed a way to talk about these two movies together. And I thought, oh, this is going to be my forum to do that. Apparently. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I very, I've said before to people, it's like, oh, I think Malignant walks so Barbarian can run. And I've never had a chance to talk about that. And now, and so it was just kind of like, oh, I get to talk about that with people. Yes. Breaking yes. news. <laughs> you heard it here so, first. So yeah, we have um, for today... Malignant from 2021 and Barbarian from 2022, the recent past, you see? So, um, yeah, two, like, yeah, two uh, twisty, turny, defying expectations kind of movies from the last two years. So, mm-hmm. and there's, they were like the one, like, you know, the one that everybody's like, oh, did you see this one? A lot of buzz on both of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Buzzy. There we go. Yeah, it's funny because I feel like this year now, like, Megan's probably taken that, that crown, right? Totally. Like, I feel like you could. You can kind of so early, like them. right out the gate. Megan I know. It's like, this is my year, bitches. Move aside. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah and, same writer, too, right? Akila Cooper? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, for, for, uh, same writer as Malignant. Yeah. Right, right. Is, uh, is, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, right. I kind of, the thing that I'm kind of obsessed with both of them is that I, to me, I feel like they're kind of, a new wave of horror that's starting to happen right now mm-hmm. and like because I feel like for a while for lack of a better term it was more like 
and unless those movies are still doing well, but it was all like A24 horror. It was like elevated horror and it was horror with metaphor, mm-hmm. which Lord knows I do a lot of that sort of myself. Mm-hmm. But the thing I kind of love about Malignant and Barbarian, and you see it, you see it in Barbarian specifically, but then to me, I I, I could kind of trace sort of back into Barbarian. It's like, because one of the things, <clears throat> this is going to sound like a slam, but it's not. I actually feel like one of the, the, the pluses of the movie is that neither movies are really about anything, but kind of as a result, you can do all these crazy twists and turns that nobody sees coming because there's kind of like no thematics pulling you one way or another. They're all kind of built around like the, these turns. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think there is something, because I think like, you know, kind of like a year ago, maybe even two years ago, sort of coming through the pandemic, like, you know, for obvious reasons, like horror was, was kind of sparse. And the horror that you saw was very much throwback horror. It was like Fear Street. It was all that kind of stuff. It was kitschy and all that. And I remember having talking to friends and just being kind of like, okay, well, what's the next step of horror? Like, you know, like it can't just like, it can't just be this like kitschy horror that, that, that's got a very short shelf span, or maybe it doesn't. And then so to watch like kind of both of these movies come out and really take the, the public imagination by storm, it kind of felt to me like, oh, maybe it's just like, all right, we've done like, Horror has had its sort of day of like proving we're at, we can actually have discussions about things. Like maybe now, you know, it, it felt like these movies ca- came out and it was just kind of like, okay, let's, we know we can do that. So let's not do that. Let's just make it about just going crazy and just surprising you with things you would not expect in a million years and just go for like that thrill ride. And, okay. and to, to me, like, to, to me, there's a type of, a type of horror, but like, it, it, it gets framed out like new line horror is a very specific type of horror and like new line like looks at their horror movies like rides they look at their horror movies almost like action movies where it's just like these twists and these turns and it's like a roller coaster and it kind of feels like both of these movies are kind of like and i and and i think looking at it is a new line movie but they're all are very much in that new line style like this is meant to be a ride you know maybe it's about something maybe it isn't who knows but it's just kind of about these like twists and these turns and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, that's where that's what I'm going to start off. I'd love to hear what you guys think. I love, yeah. well, I love that. And like, Krager had said about like, I think what what did he say? Cass? It took him like two years or something to get this movie um, housed, like to get it made. Yes. Basically. Yeah. He like, got no turned down by a it. bunch of different studios. I think including A24. I'm yes. not entirely sure, mm-hmm. but yeah, A24 is like, sorry, not <laughs> hipster enough or whatever. Um, right. Right. You know, no. Sh- no sh- shade on a24 films whatever but i'm not gonna get into that but um i it took him years to get it um found and and i think part of that is he is doing something very i guess cutting edge in that way right where it's like okay what is this we don't know what to do with this there's so much like technically wrong with it right yeah i'm sure it was like called not marketable or whatever in so many ways in so many ways and then like malignant's interesting because it's it is i guess in the same way maybe because like you know um james wan this was something that he kind of was able to make because of his success as a filmmaker it's something that maybe not maybe wouldn't have got made otherwise but he was like no i'm james wan and fuck you and i get to do this movie because i've done all this other shit for you i'm the conjuring guy but it's funny because i do think that like with malignant you scratch the surface and you're right you're like oh this is like batshit plot we're yeah. not really doing much here. Literally, the very the theme song of the movie is "Where Is My Mind." So it's very yeah, yeah. on the nose. Or like, we don't give yeah. a shit. But like with Barbarian, I feel like I feel like there is some bigger themes okay. that maybe even Krager would 
say I don't care about those, but like I, that's part of why Barbarian's fun to me. But I still feel like they're, I feel okay. like both these movies are like woman in the attic films, except one has a woman mm. in the basement. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I can see something that. underneath see that. the surface in that way. But no, I get what you're saying. It's, a, it was, but, yeah. Yeah. It's not like trying to be something. No. 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 It's not trying to be elevated, yeah. I guess. Certainly yeah. That's not. really yeah. it. And I mean, like cultural reset wise, like, I think there's definitely an argument for that. And and I got to say, I mean, like going over the like big movies from like 2020, 2021. um, Yeah, I can't tell you I I had fun at the time, but I can't say that I've thought about the Fear Street movies. Like like, not much that was like very memorable in like, you know, mainstream, like theatrical release kind of stuff. So yeah i think that there's i think there's definitely something there that's something like i think all the time about ariel talking about cabin in the woods like that <laughs> it was like kind of declaring itself a cultural reset yeah oh, that's interesting and it's funny it feels like they do kind of like the the beginning movies in those kind of uh shifts feel really like splashy like that uh-huh that's yeah. interesting yeah there is sort of a shift and it is like you're right like splashy or almost like um like intentionally clunky i guess right like they are declaring themselves in a way that feels tacky i would say like malignant is a very tacky film yes (laughs) yes um yeah so we can get into malignant if we think we're ready i think i thought we'd start with that one since it came first really just chronological so yeah um malignant written by akila cooper and directed by james wan a woman is plagued by terrible happenings and visions of a freaky guy, and things only get more batshit from there. The body of Dr. Florence Weaver was found brutally murdered in her home this morning. Did you know her? No, but I saw her die. I'm seeing things. I'm seeing murders. As they're happening. Hello? He says his name is Gabriel. I think he's someone from my past. Happy birthday. Whatever happened to you before you joined our family hurt you in a way that I can't even imagine. Stop saying that. Maddie, who are you talking to? Gabriel. Is he your imaginary friend? Imaginary friend? Imaginary friend? devil he killed again he's getting closer he wants to talk to you who are you gabriel that's my i had such a hard time describing this movie (laughs) yeah that's that's all you need really yeah 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 there's no other way like what do you say without being like do you have 30 minutes of <laughs> your time but like i don't even like know if i can do it down? yeah but it's also i think too like to talk about what you remember about the movie like completely spoils the movie right like it's yeah. just like yeah you know the first thing that pops in your mind is like oh i can't say that because then like <laughs> you know but also it's such like a i don't know so when i want when i first we'll probably talk about this, but like when I first watched this movie, I didn't know what to think. And I actually really hated it, to be honest with you. Okay. Okay. Um, we were like, I, pissed off. We watched off. it together. <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> we, were, we were mad. We were like, um, what the fuck is and happening? Honestly, <laughs> I think like with time, I have mellowed, like watching it for, for this, talking to y'all, I, I'm like, 
yeah, that's there. And there's stuff that I don't like about it, but I can have fun with it. And I can be like less like that knee jerk reaction. Like there's, I'm actually like, I was very disdainful because at the time this was a trend, not just with this film, but um, when it came out, everyone was doing Jalo inspired this Jalo right. inspired that. And I was like, I'm sorry, having red, like a red light in your yeah, cinematography yeah. design doesn't fucking make your movie Jalo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I see, I, I actually do see a lot more of, of Jalo in this now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can kind of like sentiment wise and kind of vibe but it's just I'm so intrigued I want to like break it down with y'all because this movie is so bizarre this movie is so <laughs> fucking weird so it is, like, I- it is like a weird little like mind puzzle for me like I'm I try to like I, like watching it again I was really trying to figure out like what is it about this that makes my brain angry yeah <laughs> and um and part of it is that yeah like it, it everybody talked about it being Jalo inspired to me what it reminds me of is like like early 2000s like mind bendy yeah, yeah, yes. yeah 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 i think like, you're totally right i think you're totally like, right yeah um mm-hmm. I, i'm trying to think of like an example like gothica or like yeah <laughs> oh my god like that. so true totally. no that's 100 yes. percent right that's the like 100, where 100% uh right. she tell madison tells her sister that like she was adopted and it like yeah. kind of weird like her face like changes in like the <laughs> where is my mind <laughs> industrial <laughs> uh like remix kicks in i was just like what the fuck is this movie doing? Um, yeah. But it is like, go, it's going so hard. And, and and honestly, I love shitty, I love schlocky early 2000s horror. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of, it's like the horror that I was like getting into when I was a teenager or whatever. So like, yeah, whatever. Uh, love Ghost Ship and all that shit. Right. Um, but... And I think it's part of the interesting thing about the movie, right? Is that like, he's clearly trying to make this a B movie. Like, and I think it's the most successful, like, because early in his career, he tried to make other B-movies, like Death Sentence and Dead Silence, and they never quite worked. And this is like a B-movie that, depending on your perspective, works or works or it doesn't, but it, it's a, it's certainly more realized in those first two movies, those early movies of his of his yeah. were. And, and, and just to, to piggyback on what you're saying about the Jallo of it all, I... I feel like I missed the boat on like how the world has decided to use Jallo because the term Jallo because like they were just slasher movies <laughs> and now all of a sudden it's become a way Thank to you. say this aesthetic and I'm like when did that happen like I don't and I guess like I think Malignant is Jallo because I mean it is like a, a killer picking off other people so that but I don't know when it became this right, whole is, like is oh Michael everything Myers is over Jallo? the top like yeah i I don't i don't know when that happened so my understanding was all like because even in discourse like before the shit happened before Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's the there's the pre-malignant and and post-malignant world and in the pre-malignant world um people like hardcore i don't know horror heads um were were saying like suspiria is not a jello right because it doesn't actually follow the conventions of the genre but my understanding was uh there's very specific conventions that you follow and also the most specific convention is it must be an Italian film that was made yeah. during that time, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Right. like I, is this yeah. like kind of a champagne like situation? That's, that's, why we have, that's why we have neo noir now, right? Like you can yeah. you can recall. So maybe like neo giallo. Like maybe I just need another term or something that yeah, doesn't like maybe. piss me off. But yeah. you're right, slashers. I mean, like 
Giallo was this Italian thing. And I guess you can mimic those aesthetics. But yeah, we have slashers in America and they follow similar conventions. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't yeah, seen I don't, know, I don't know very much about Giallo, which like should also probably be a disclaimer on any discussion we do about it. I just <laughs> yeah. don't know very much. But I, I'm also like, I, I don't know how this is. I guess it does. Like it has those kind of like weird, like twisty dream, like, like flourishes yeah but i don't know i feel like i can think of horror movies that have like like you know certainly jacob's ladder has a lot of twisty sure. like the whole yes. point of it no one would call that jalo so no. is it well, like no red the lights certain... yeah no no red lights well, there so, yeah, you go. So, so is that the thing so then now we have to, we're going to like <laughs> you know and, and that's what because like i also i mean maybe i'm wrong or or maybe it's like my take on just like italian cinema but like it i, I don't feel like the spirit had and I haven't seen it in ages, so maybe I'm wrong. I don't feel like it had that many more like crazy operatic sort of things than that. That then I don't know. I mean, maybe it did, but then like not more than like good horror movies of the era. Like I would say that for any good horror movie of the era, it had like these sort of heightened sort of things. So I I, I don't know. Like yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it is just the red light. Like I honestly, I'm not, I'm not sure. Well, it's it's definitely like I if I I cannot remember exactly, but it comes from the term because like Jalo also applied to, I mean movies, but also like those pulp novels, and it was like mm, these, mm. so like have like lurid colors, mm. right? So like lurid mm-hmm. colors, lurid elements, right? Oh, so maybe, something okay. like that might be like something like. I mean, not fully sexploitation, but like has mm-hmm. that kind of sleaze to it. So like that's okay. definitely like characteristic. I feel like sleaze is operative, yeah. Mm. yeah. And it being crime is like, so th- that's part of the reason like some people will say like Spiria is not Jallo is because it's mm. not really like, it's, I mean, it's supernatural, which is definitely on the table for for Jallo. They're not right. all that way, but it's usually kind of more like mid- mystery detective than Suspiria is you know what I mean there's not somebody really on the case it's yeah. more this one so I I mean there's things you could take that are that but um uh it's just I I, I think that just annoyed me I, I let the discourse kind of guide <laughs> my annoyance of the movie um, yeah I do think that the amount of hype that it got changed my like swayed my opinion of it so yeah I, I'm, yeah I'm curious about this like what was your perspective of sort of watch because like so so full disclosure and I don't think this had anything to do with uh with my enjoyment of the movie uh so I am friends with the lead actor uh the guy who plays Kakoa Shaw and so okay I'm I'm upset well I'm not obsessed in a creepy way but listen I I love that guy in uh, oh good in this movie but also um what is that Lindsay Lohan uh, oh yeah yeah falling for Christmas or I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry that the worlds collide. I'm weirdly it's into fucking rom-coms. Christmas rom com. I need to tell you, like this man, like please let him know, like he was such a joy in that film. I love. Oh, him he would be so happy. Song. First of all, he would be Hi. so happy to hear us talking about him. Not only that, I cannot talk about him with also because he would be so happy to say that without mentioning that his scene was cut where he showed off his abs. And he trained for a very hard time, long oh time. Oh my gosh, no! For, no. For, 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 to, to get those abs. And so so somewhere in, out there in LA, his ears have perked up for no reason because we were talking about his abs and he's very his happy. His abs have tightened a little bit. His abs have tightened there. a little bit. <laughs> just knowing we're talking about him. Uh, okay, wow. He did such a great job in that movie. Anyway, sorry, derailed. Everyone knows <laughs> no, no, no. I'm a Christmas rom-com freak. And now we're back. We're back in horror. Yeah, hard. you're exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no. Um, so, 
but but that's but so when I saw it, it was like very much because you know we're still pandemic. Mm-hmm. Where I don't even know it didn't. I don't believe it hit theaters, right? Like I think it was straight to to no, to it streaming. Did. It did yeah, hit theaters. Okay, it. in the theater. We saw oh, it did in the you? Theater, okay. Which we were probably being bad. I mean, we masked, but still. Yeah, yeah, and and so at the time there was a lot of questions of did the movie do well? Did the movie not yeah. do well? It was still um, in know, that time, yeah, where yeah. a lot of people were not going to theaters. Yeah, and so and and so to me, it was a little bit of like the underdog sort of movie. Like, I'm curious, what was the context when you guys saw it? Well, we were like very on horror Twitter. Okay. So so it it maybe like it was just like everyone was. It was a really polarizing film. People loved yeah, it. Yeah. They hated it. I remember that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people were just pumped. I mean, were there a lot of people in the theater, Candace, when we went? I, I think- don't think so i don't think so but i don't think it was like an empty theater or anything like it was like oh no no and i think i think there was some like i remember when the film started and you have that that like it's a hell of an opener for malignant um and then the you know time to cut out the cancer like that part is so classic b movie and like yeah yeah and and felt the whole thing felt so like 2005 yeah, 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 and the opening credits for sure felt that way, right? Oh my god, yeah, like, um, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think like all we kind of knew going into it was like you're gonna love it or you're gonna hate it. Follow mm. this, follow that, <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then I just didn't know. I think part of the thing that was so interesting to me about Bolingna is like it's very. I think thinking about it like the early two thousands is better for my brain because I have mm-hmm. nostalgia for this. But also it's like Candace and I have talked about how it's like it's very slick. Like it's confusing how it has like like much it makes much use of things like fog, right? And or like right. the Seattle Underground, which is r- fucking great. Love that. Yeah. But then it like I wish it looked a little different, like less like it came out two years ago. You know what I mean? Like I wish mm-hmm. they kind of put a little something on there to make it look less uh slick in that way yeah this is a criticism i have of malignant and of megan both is it just like mm. visually uninteresting to me oh interesting for like having a lot of stuff that should be visually interesting right just yeah, yeah. that's interesting that's super interesting that's super yeah it, it's it is interesting because i feel like it is both movies have a very it's a very like it's a very distinct aesthetic that's that's different from James Wan's aesthetic from of his other movies too, mm-hmm. and it's interesting yeah. how that how that choice was made. Yeah, and I yeah. wouldn't call the Conjuring movies visually uninteresting at all. Like they yeah. have a really distinct style to them. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, and I, the Insidious movies, I'd say the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, same. Um, well, I remember too, like another so something I was looking at because you know thinking about it around this time around and like sort of the cheesiness of like the abusive love interest and Mm -hmm. like this and that like that felt very like potentially like jalo inspired to me right also um the i guess the i i was reading about the costume design for Mm -hmm. gabriel and um they were very happy that they like the black leather gloves so that gabriel had like that's a very jalo thing as well interesting um but i guess I guess they had to make 11 of those costumes. Like they had to make 11 huh. of those um, jackets. Cause that's how many people they had. Oh, wow. Sort of wearing, like they had a dancer and con- contortionist. Um, what's her name? Marina Mazepa, who pl- okay. played the reason why Gabriel looks all freaky. 
she did it like she did all that as a contortionist mm. so they, they, uh, um like james wan thought he was gonna have to film it backwards or something okay like wow you made this look amazing i don't have to do any oh that's trickery. cool it's just your body yeah that's <laughs> so, really cool this is pretty i love contortionist i i don't know how he was involved but it, i was reading that like troy james was involved somehow i don't know if he was just consulting but he does the work for he was pretzel jack in channel oh, wow. zero and he was the creepy demon in anything for jackson that came out from under the bed i don't know if you saw okay. that one, but i don't know i didn't i didn't see that one okay i just i love contortionist and he's really <laughs> his work is really good so yeah and that aspect of it like the creature design is interesting yeah like, i felt like it, it's yeah there's some scenes like the scene with the, like the guy who gets like murdered in the bed mm-hmm. that scene is so freaky like the, yeah. the movements and i like and that like the lot, little yeah. weird winking eye yeah and the I think heat up is scary. Like that scene, yeah. like you just kind of feel the unease. Yeah. I liked that scene a lot. I thought that one was really well done. I think James, one of the things James Wan does really well, regardless of the different types of art he does, is that he just does great like monsters. And like, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking like even like the way Kevin Bacon looked in Death Sentence, mm-hmm. he looks so terrifying well, in that movie. He's very scary to me. He's a, he looks really <laughs> scary. So yeah, totally. Good casting choice. <laughs> So yeah, I so I and and yeah, so to, and to that point, like everything about sort of that the monster in this particular one is is so sort is so is so frightening. Also, the thing that I was sort of struck by, because it came out during the times when we were all locked down, and I didn't have the benefit of seeing it in a theater. Mm-hmm. I, I remember just being really busy at the time, so like I couldn't watch it in one sitting. I had to sort of split it up. Okay. And so I I watched it in chunks, and I always told myself I need to watch it again just to get the experience of like what the twists look like when you see it all at once. But the thing I found fascinating was in my mind, because I had chopped it up so much, I honestly thought the reveal of Gabriel happened in the middle of the movie as opposed to the last 20 minutes. Like that last 20 minutes made such an impression on me when I first saw it. Like I literally thought it was like the back half of the back half of the movie. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's Well, it's fun to watch again too, because when you know what it is, um, yeah. There's like little things that are kind of fun. I mean, like, um, there's this when she's looking at the, oh my gosh, she's looking at the dent, I think, in the wall after yeah, yeah. she's been smashed there. And the shadow, like her shadow is just on it. And it's just like, it's just, you know, oh, when you watch the first time, you're like, but it, it looks intentional. Like it's almost like a sort of looming shadow, like like Gabriel is awake now. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so there, there's fun little details put in that um that I appreciated on a second watch that I I didn't, you know, I didn't know about. And I think just like kind of you just got a vibe. You got a vibe with the fact that like it's hokey, it's a little yeah. um you know, I love when towards the end she goes, Gabriel, no! Like she just yeah, goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I always that, laugh. That's the thing about the aesthetic <laughs> of the movie. And I don't know if this makes it jalo or not. There is uh-huh. no subtlety in the movie. Everything is no. cranked to 11. Yeah. Everything is cranked to 11. And I think that's one of the reasons why people will love it or hate it. Yeah. Because there's no, like, there's no gray in this whatsoever. Yeah, there's like there's no nuance to any of it, and this is something that yeah, but I, I do think I think it's the screenplay in some ways because I had the same problem with Megan where I felt like mm. nothing in this is like recognizably human to me, but oh, like not in a way that I just not in a way that works for me. Like I feel like a lot of my criticisms about this are things that I could say that I'm like honestly this doesn't it's not inherently a criticism. I'm like yeah, it's batshit insane. Nothing makes sense. 
yeah nothing recognizably human to me i'm like that none of that should necessarily be a criticism but it just is like it doesn't work for me for whatever reason it uh, is it is funny the the, the react the, the how polarizing the, mo the movie is mm -hmm, it's, it's mm -hmm. fascinating to me well and it does feel yeah it is the same screenwriter is um has written the sequel to the nun which comes out this year i don't know exactly oh when. okay um so we'll okay. see more of her work this year and it, i definitely like it it definitely is there to make a statement and yeah it doesn't like i wouldn't say like it kind of rubs me the wrong way but in a way where i'm like please continue like i'm here <laughs> for it i don't yeah, know if like, something bothers me it's like it's like for some reason like i just haven't unlocked what it is i'm, I'm fascinated yeah i i if anything like i i i'm i kind of love the screenwriter actually just because <laughs> of what she's doing as far as how just out there it is and how i don't understand it at all so like, yeah. do you ever do you I, ever think about the like story of like the premiere of the rite of spring where like at the ballet yeah. supposedly people lost their goddamn minds and were like <laughs> fighting each other and shit because they're so oh my God. mad wow. and like polarized about Akila this Cooper's like our modern dissonant like music <laughs> stravinsky um, yeah that was us <laughs> that was us <laughs> at the ballet like smacking old ladies in the head with umbrellas or whatever she's, <laughs> the, she's the stravinsky of our time I love yes. <laughs> yeah well like that's the thing i feel like that's like something that's like something fun about art is that like it might like kind of piss you off and you might not enjoy yourself <laughs> Well, yeah. I, I think it is right. It, it is such. There are such distinct choices that are being made. Mm -hmm. Like I'm someone who like love. I love Megan, and mm -hmm. one of the things I loved about Megan was for me, it is the first movie I've ever seen where after I'm done watching it, I literally sat in the theaters like I have no idea how you write, you write that. I have no idea how you write <laughs> that, right? Because that's fair. There is so much like. There is so much there where it's very easy to say, oh, all the director made the campy sort of decisions, except the script clearly knows how campy it is. Yes. So then no, you're just she's like- She's doing camp. Yeah. Yeah. Tell. yeah. But then you're just like, okay, but then how did she make that camp come across on the script? Like in the script, does it say the doll has sunglasses? Like, was that a choice in the <laughs> right. script? Right. <laughs> right. You know, like the, I don't think the dance was in the script. I think that was like more like on the day of, but it's like Probably. all these sort of things. <laughs> And I'm just kind of like, I don't know how you communicate on a page to get all the nuances that are in this movie. And I think it's very easy to take shortcuts and be like, oh, the, you know, she wrote a script and the director added all that. But it, the script clearly made yeah. room for all that at the same time. So, so Megan yeah. was the first movie I saw. Like, I have no idea how you write this. Like, I, I actually have a copy of the script because okay. I'm so fascinated by yeah. like, I, I need to find some time to read it because I'm just like, I don't know how you do this. It, it almost like her stuff kind of feels to me like um, closer to parody than like something like and I don't know what she's parodying and I don't know if she would say that at all like I'm not trying to like insult but like it's like a diff the vibe feels like that to me right like it's almost but, like satire or parody because of how yeah. bombastic it, it is it, mm -hmm. bombastic is a great word yeah and, and, and I do sort of feel like there I think the other thing I really loved about Megan personally is like I loved the density of notes that are being hit at sort of one time. Like, cause you do have, it's sometimes it's satirical, but sometimes it's emotional. I, I personally did find parts, of, I actually found the emotional art to be emotionally grounded in terms of sort of like, you know, what it's saying about technology and what it's saying sort of about relationships and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But like, I don't know, just the fact that all of those kind of, and, and I'm someone, you know, I, I, 
I feel like I do, I try to do a lot of work that's layered and trying to like be multiple things at multiple times. Mm -hmm. But like when I saw that movie, it's just like, there's so much juggling that's going on Mm -hmm. in this movie. And like in terms of all the different types of movies, it's trying to be all at once. And for me, it successfully pulled it off. So I I was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, and and I do sort of feel like Malignant was kind of like testing out those muscles a little bit. And, yeah. and, and, and like, yeah, and, and seeing how it, how it works. Yeah, well, and you talking about like the striking different tones, um, I know, like, I don't want to like derail because I know we're talking about Malignant, but like yeah. that, that feels like what you're doing in uh, Dead Boy Detectives a little oh. bit. Like, it's very like, That's I'm, true. I'm seeing the through line, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you have these kind of like, uh, like a, a mean sense of humor in it which is but you're having fun with it right like it's this like light mean sense of humor that you have and it'll do these like little turns that are like situationally kind of funny or at times like maybe funny but also kind of like oh no that's fucked up and sad you know so, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah well the characters themselves like the like the background of it is so is like both kind of funny cute and also tragic and sad mm-hmm. yeah well first of all thank you thank you like um that that means a lot that means a lot uh the, you know, the characters, for anyone who doesn't know, Dead Boy Detectives, um, they start off as two characters from Sandman. And there's, and there's Sandman issue 25. They introduce sort of these two characters that were like these dead children who become friends, who ghosts become friends. And then later on, Neil Gaiman introduces them as like, they like to play detective and they go off of these little like, detective cases and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so that was already, and I, the thing that I love about it is the kind of like, it is sort of these two to- these two tones at once, and you know I think the thing that Neil does sort of sort of so well, where there's less emphasis uh, done on it uh, in in later in later stuff, they just decide to go in different directions. But mm-hmm. what I love when Neil sort of introduced it was that these are very sad stories. They're like it's a stories about murdered children, mm-hmm. and they're murdered by other children, <laughs> and so like so. But at the same time, and I think this is one of the the appeals of the book, at least it was for me is the fact that their innocence and their idealism and their earnestness kind of like overpowers and like shines through all the darkness that's kind of around them. And it, it makes them very, very endearing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so that's definitely one of the things I wanted to get at sort of in, in, in my book. And, and I think you're absolutely right. Like for me, the through line, it's funny, I didn't really think of the through line in terms of, uh, of uh, juggling tones, but you're absolutely right about that. I think for me, it was like, I think, for me, there was a little bit of, you know, how can we make horror fun? Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, you know, like my pre- previous work doesn't really make horror fun. You know, it, it, it's <laughs> horror and it, if you enjoy horror, you're in it, but it's dark and it's weighty. It's, it, it is more like an A24 sort of kind of thing. <laughs> and 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 one of the things that, because I uh, coming out of, um, specifically coming out of the pandemic, mm-hmm. like I didn't really know how to write about horror anymore. Like I didn't know how to write horror. It just, none of it felt... I don't know, none of it felt like it had any teeth. Like every, mm-hmm. the, you know, the world was going through actual real horror. I'm like, yeah. I don't know what you could put on the page, on the screen to really compete with that. And it was kind of working through, you know, working through and a lot of it is sort of taking the lessons of like this new strain of horror that I feel like we're, we're seeing about just kind of like, you know, I mean, that horror is just like, hey, let's not sort of think about this this stuff and let's just have fun with the twists and, and, and the shocks and, and and everything being elevated. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think what I'm doing is a little bit different in that for me, it's about, okay, like what is the place for this idealistic, earnest, uh, sincere emotions while still acknowledging how horrible and fucked up the world is 
And can, can you balance the two at the same time without one consuming the other? And then, and to me, that's when I went with this project. I was like, oh, I think, and all of a sudden I went from like not knowing how to tell horror stories to think like, oh, I actually think horror is like super relevant now. Uh-huh. Like now that's a really, those horror themes are really relevant to me, feel really relevant to me now in a way that, you know, like, again, like I couldn't wrap my head around horror before, before that coming out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, so uh, so thank you for connecting the two because they, they were, <laughs> in my mind, very connected as well. Are we ready to move on to Barbarian? Sure. New era? I think so, yeah. I've been yeah. dying. I've been dying. To, unless anyone has any like parting thoughts about Malignant. I mean, it's definitely like, I'd say it's a movie to watch just because of how fucking weird it is. Like, it's really yeah. like, and it's fun to watch with people. Like, you got to get yeah you get people in a room you know if you can and just like or you know do a watch party online or something it's, I, it's yeah just a good time I, I don't know if you guys have been feeling this or not but i think it maybe i think it's maybe sort of like coming sort of out of the, the pandemic and all that where you have all these options of watching movies at home but i've definitely started kind of in my head collecting movies of just like it's not just like you enjoy them more in the theater but there, there's like and it almost feels like a level of enjoyment you unlock, not just the more people you sort of see it with. Like I'm trying, I'm on the verge of seeing RRR for the third time now. Mm-hmm. And, and the first time I saw it with three friends in my apartment and I really loved it. And then afterwards I saw it at a theater, which was not fully packed, but still more people. And I, second time I saw it, I loved it even more. And I realized it was watching it with other people that kind of did it. So now like this third time, I'm trying to see if I can see it with more people. And, <laughs> and so, and, but it is sort of like, I have been sort of noticing for me, it's like, oh, there are, you know, like I, I, I saw this video, uh, this YouTube video about um, uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino talking about Joker. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and Tarantino is not like the biggest fan of Joker and neither, and neither am I for that, for that matter. But, um, but he was sort of saying that if you, have seen if you saw Joker at home as opposed to seeing it in the theater, it is like getting a hand job as opposed to actually having full-on sort of crazy sex. Like it's such <laughs> a diminished experience of that. And he's just like, because there is a scene, because and he points out the scene in Joker where uh I guess spoilers, uh right before you know uh Joker uh, uh Joaquin Phoenix like kills Robert De Niro, like De Niro is a talk show host. He's kind of like very much in Letterman mold. He's obnoxious, but he's not over. He's not so obnoxious that he's like despicable. He's just he's just obnoxious, kind of in that like Letterman mold. He's annoying, uh-huh. but he's just like if you watch that movie in the theater, you watch as the entire crowd just wants Joker to kill Robert De Niro, <laughs> not just because he's bad but just because he's in Joaquin Phoenix's way. Like they've so come <laughs> over to the side of a sociopath that like they are just foaming at the mouth for this innocent man to die <laughs> who's just doing his job. And he's just like, and that is one of the reasons why. And he's like, and I appreciate the movie for that, for just how much, it, how successfully it takes like innocent people in a theater and turn them into rooting for sociopaths. And, yeah. and, and so I, I, and I have been sort of thinking like, it, it's sort of collecting in my head these movies that, not just you like them more when you watch them with people, but that there's almost an ex- exponential level you unlock, mm-hmm. a different almost experience that you unlock when you see them in a theater with like where you really are feeding off that energy and it, o- and it almost becomes anthropological as a result. Hmm. Yeah, I, I have, um, I feel like I have like two modes for watching horror movies yeah. and like one is 
staring at my laptop really close with my <laughs> headphones on. Oh God! And um, and I've watched lots of movies and had memorable experiences doing that. <laughs> yeah. And the other is, yeah, hooting and hollering in a room with uh, at least one more person, probably yeah. a lot more. Probably a lot yeah. more. And that's yeah. like kind and of, it... yeah, that's like my roots in a lot of ways. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, because as like a really young person, I watched movies by myself. Like, you know, I like stayed up late at night and like uh, yeah. flipped to IFC and like watched weird shit. Um, yeah. And then like, yeah, as like a person in my 20s, I watched fucked up horror movies with a huge group of people while we all like screamed at the top of our lungs um yeah there's something really special about that and um, and, 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 yeah i feel like i have like kind of been in you know in like really like cerebral uh you know i guess like uh introspective mode like watching movies watching like kind of elevated horror movies and then yeah like you got to get back to hooting and hollering sometimes yeah yeah And, and and to that mode I saw a barbarian in the theater. It mm-hmm. is so my it my friend who took me to it organized a screening and it was the fourth time he had seen it. He saw it and he just like kept watching it over and over again. He 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 has him. his own kind of like like he was gonna take me and another friend to see Tar, and it would also would have been the fourth time of him seeing Tar, <laughs> which is a hell of a lot of movie, let me just say. Oh which is, I, I finally saw Tar this weekend. I'm like, that's a hell of a lot of movie. <laughs> but uh but but yeah, but but it was exactly that experience: hooting, hooting, and hollering, yeah. and yelling at the screen, and like, yeah, yeah. There's some like Barbarian has that quality for me where I want to. Um, I've seen it three times now, which is actually a lot for me. I don't I don't mm-hmm. really watch movies a lot. Yeah. Um, and it has that quality, like even just as I was watching it for for tonight, um, I had showed it um, to some friends after seeing it in theaters. And then I'm watching it. To, um, I was watching it for tonight. I was like, "Ooh, I should show this to my dad because it's just uh-huh. a movie where you like, you watch it, you know what's happening." And so when you watch it, you you ask someone over, and then you're just watching that person the whole time. You know what? That's such a good point. That is such a good <laughs> yeah. point because my friend who'd seen it like four times, mm-hmm. he he uh, went over to a friend's to watch it, and he sent us video of her watching yes! it. You know, just so that we could, and she like whimped out in like five minutes, but we were like, we want to see how she, we want to show us video of her watching it. Show us video. Show video of that hard cut to the, (laughs) to the car on the highway. Um, Yeah. 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 Well, and I will say like in the, in theaters too, like having seen definitely like, you know, Candace was saying like laptop, laptop in the dark or theater. Like I watched, um, last month I watched Skinamarink in theaters oh and okay it came to um shockingly came to bakersfield played at one theater literally only three showings um, wow wow and i went and it was funny because that wasn't that's not a that is not a hooting and hollering film unless you're <laughs> on like a very specific type of drug that i don't know about. Um, <laughs> but it, it's very much like a movie that doesn't even want to be a movie um mm. and says fuck <laughs> you for thinking it could be um <laughs> it's one where you it's one where you have to sit and like i i've just i compare it i've meditated before like i i'm i like to meditate and i compared it to that my, my brain was frustrated and fighting against it and you sit and you sit with that patience and then finally your brain like it's like you're strangling it like it stops it's like death <laughs> quiet now you know what i mean like that's kind of what's gonna bring those to you so imagine like being in a theater it's one of three showings in a town that like 
doesn't really get a lot of independent cinema. There's probably, I think there was maybe five other people in there. So it's this big room. You're all watching this bizarre thing on the screen. I don't even want to call it a movie. It's bizarre. Um, (laughs) And then it's over and you're like, what was that? I feel like I was transported (laughs) to another dimension. So it's always worth it. I I mean, not always, not every It's just a different experience, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because Skin and Brink would also be great on a laptop in the dark by yourself. Right, but, yeah. Well, and that's like, I, I watched Haga Susa yeah. the first time, like, yeah, with headphones on, really close to my laptop, really stoned. So it felt like it was going <laughs> oh, even slower. Yeah, <laughs> does. And I was just like, yeah, having a time. Like, yeah. It was very immersive. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so it would have been different to watch it with a group of people, I think. Uh, <laughs> just different, not necessarily. I'm not making a value judgment, but yeah, it definitely <laughs> changes the experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but Barbarian is fun. I think more fun with a group, I would say. Barbarian I, is one I, I want you would... Yeah. It's, got, it's got moments where you scream. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. got moments where you scream. It also has, and I think it was something that, I think at the time, I thought it as a bug but now I consider it a feature where now I'm kind of like, you know what? I think a good horror movie, maybe you should be yelling at how dumb the protagonist is for going back. (laughs) And like, you know, like maybe there is something to be said about that. Like, maybe that's not a flaw. Maybe like that's the experience you want to have. Like, why are you doing that? Get out. Yeah. And I mean, like, I just think, I think it's like a more thought provoking question. Why is she doing this than, um, then a lot of the time in horror movies where you're yelling at somebody yes. to not fucking do that. It feels yeah. intentional yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it speaks to some like themes, honestly, um, mm. of the movie. And I will, I will talk about that. We'll talk, we'll get into it, but I'm going to introduce it first. So barbarian okay. from the year 2022 written and directed by Zach Krager. It's about a woman who pulls up to her rental house to find it already occupied by a freaky guy and things only get more batshit from there. Yeah. This is 476 Barbary, right? Yeah, I'm renting this place. No, I booked it a month ago. Are you sure you have the right place? Yeah. What am I supposed to do? Why don't you come inside? Why don't you just crash here? Oh, no. I don't know if you got a great look at this neighborhood, but I don't think you should be out there by yourself. It's dry and there's a lock on the door. By the way, I'm Keith. Tess. You take the bedroom, and I'll sleep out here on the couch. overwhelming but with a little practice 
soon become a pleasurable experience. This is perfectly natural. So, yeah, we saw this. Um, yeah, we saw this like pretty much when it came out. I I knew that it had something. I knew that it had like something twisty turning going on and I didn't uh, want to get spoiled. So we saw it really mm, quick. This was this was a movie where I didn't know if I was going to see it. I think I was interested. Wasn't sure if I was going to see it. And my friend just pushed so hard for everyone he knows to see it that it just became undeniable. And I'm so, and I'm so <laughs> glad he put because it's just like, yeah. And I'm so glad he brought a crowd to see it, too. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I that's love really this, doing the God's energy work. of this friend. Yeah, yeah. Like the yeah, 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 yeah. I call him all pedal, no brakes. <laughs> oh, you love that kind of friend you yeah. do you love that kind of friend yeah so this is one that like uh you're talking about like watching megan that you felt like you had no idea how she could write that um this one feels like so um like i, I feel like i can see like how this ended up happening and the way he's right. describing it that he um he said as long as I have no long plan, then no one could know what's coming. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I totally Chaos. feel that. Like, I don't even know what's going to happen. I'm just going to find out when I get there. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, and he start, He wrote it as, like, a writing exercise. He was like, what if oh, I yeah. do this exercise where this woman just ignores all these signs that she should huh. leave? Yeah, which is funny because he's a sketch comedian. So It's uh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, it works yeah, out perfectly. Yeah, yeah. And then I think stopped after the first act. He was like, well, that's it that'll be a cool short film and then i don't know why he tinkered with it more but i think he was just kind of thinking about other dimensions to it and you know what when i was i was reading an interview with him and he said that it was it's like uh the other side of the coin the second act so you have like Mm. this woman who's really hyper vigilant and aware um and is always looking out for danger and feels unsafe because of you know people that could harm her and then you have this man who's Mm bumbling through the world hurting people Mm-mm. right and then they end up in the same spot so that's yeah. kind of yeah and that that's, came about. that's where i feel like there are some themes where like i i do i feel like a lot of this movie is kind of about that like in a lot of ways it does not matter whether you are a good or bad person in terms oh, of what happens to you um, oh like that they end up in the same place and it's something where like you know she goes she goes further into the into the room or into the dungeon or whatever because she she cares about bill sarsgaard right like she doesn't want him yeah. to get eaten and um yeah she's like she feels too she feels too pressed in the moment she like you know she just doesn't want to see him get hurt or whatever so she follows That's him down there even though it's obviously a super bad idea and um yeah and justin long goes down there because he's an idiot and an asshole huh. and he's more excited about the space. square footage of the house <laughs> yeah he's like hell yeah i could sell this for even more yeah and he just has no sense of danger or whatever and so yeah they just both end up in this place and it's like it, it just and you know like the scenes where like you see her <laughs> one thing i really appreciated about this on rewatch is the scenes where she is trying to explain what has happened and you're seeing it from someone else's perspective where like this does not sound like anything (laughs) and like where she's like she's trying to tell bill sarsgaard that he's like he's like okay there was a room with a bucket like (laughs) (laughs) and it's like 
like, yeah, actually, it doesn't like it doesn't it, sound it, bad. Yeah, it, it yeah. sucks that like he's not reading her like obviously panicked reaction to this uh, and just taking away from it what he needs to. But also like, yeah, it doesn't sound like anything. And then when she's talking to the cops and she's like, I am not a crackhead. <laughs> and it's like, like, it's so heartbreaking, too, because like, especially as somebody who's used to like who's worked in public libraries, like, yeah, I've had people who are right. not in touch with reality like speak right. to me this way where they're like you have to understand that this thing is you know like aliens are controlling this phone booth that's yeah. not a phone booth anymore and you're like okay i yes. understand that you really believe that <laughs> yeah it's yeah let me ask you again it's basically what you said which which was i think is really interesting that the idea that like your morality doesn't matter you end up in the same place would you consider the movie nihilistic then well, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would because of the way that it ends, like, yeah. I feel like mm -hmm. he was kind of going in the direction of like, okay, but being an asshole actually doesn't serve you or whatever, like, right, actually right. caring about people is more like conducive to survival. Um, but I think it could have gone the other way all the way up to that point. Yeah, it walks yeah. the edge. Well, and for me, like, I like th this movie for me is also like, hand in hand with that is like about intent, right? So it's mm. it's like the like intent is meaningless it's it's the ramifications of your actions that yeah. matter right um, and, have, and then everybody's and like subject the universe yeah um like like with the the fact that it so takes a hard cut to justin mm -hmm. long's character and you're like what the mm -hmm. fuck is this like that's fun from a plot standpoint but it's also interesting from a standpoint of yeah it's weird that this guy who you know raped a co-worker has a lot of money and can own this property in detroit that mm. this shit's happening underneath he has no idea that some other dude with a lot of money enough to own a property like built this series of tunnels do you know what i'm yeah. saying so it's like yeah. this like layers and layers of culpability and um how like almost like uniquely maybe american it is i don't know or just that's totally interesting yeah like the modern. whole flashback sequence yeah yeah, yeah. And, and how like uniquely modern it is to be like we have built just that's this weird fucked up la labyrinth and and no one wants to take blame for it but huh. the culpability like it goes all the way to the top you know what i yeah. mean like, yeah. It's just, yeah. Well, yeah and it's just like it, a lot of your intent and your actions like a lot of the effect of your actions like you're subject to these forces that are just beyond any of us. Um, you know, like, yeah, yeah like we're talking about like this, uh, especially like the first part of this is like, well, obviously this is completely like, uh, like these two people are subjected to like patriarchy and like neither right, of them right. caused that. Um, you know, obviously you could say one benefits from it and one doesn't, mm -hmm. but like really, yeah, like, uh, man, um, Podmortem are like one of our friendly podcasts uh, covered this one recently. And I, I listened to like, I've listened to part of it but they go like blow by blow through the movie. So they went through like this whole like first act and okay. um, man, there's just so much going on there. Like it's just a lot of the things they said, like they, they noticed when like, yeah, they have him like looking so creepy in some, like in some moments it really feels for all the world. Like this guy is a murderer. Yeah. Like this guy is an evil clown. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then like, uh and then like kind of as it goes on you're like oh actually i think i see where i think i see why he's acting this way it's because like this is an extremely awkward situation there's no right way for him to act yeah. um, right if he just left her alone didn't say anything that would also be weird and creepy uh -huh. um and also he thinks she's cute and he wants to talk to her yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and like eventually she thinks he's cute too um yeah. but it's like something where like yeah they're actually both in this situation that like neither of them created and um 
and they're both kind of doing their best, but they're just, yeah, they're subject to these like larger forces that like, yeah, a lot of the time make intention completely uh, irrelevant to what right. happens. Well, and this is in with Mother, right? The like supposed yeah. monster who's actually not. Um, same with her. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, really yeah. She's point. not like bad. She just, she's only not doing what she knows. Yeah. That's really she's, great. She's That's like really, really great. sympathetic. She's probably the most sympathetic character i feel like yeah she's never had like any choice in what happens to her yeah that's yeah i never really thought about that but that's great that's that really is i know yeah i I felt like i i i felt especially rewatching, and and i know people like read all kinds of like symbolism into things (laughs) that craiger was like no i didn't do that on purpose (laughs) oh my god like people were losing i was looking at like the imdb trivia they were losing their goddamn minds about the meaning of barbarian and they're like it's uh 462 barbary street and 462 was oh wow here that the barbarians invaded and and he's like, bro, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> or like he played this song, and this song was actually made by someone who trapped someone in their basement. Like I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it's that detailed, guys. <laughs> wow. But that said, I will say that everything you just sort of said about the two different characters and them not having control that does very well fit under the themes of like barbarian and brutes and all that sort of kind of stuff. No, I so, think that's mm-hmm. intentional for sure. Yeah, I yeah. think like doing something like Barbarian, obviously it's on Barbary Street. So right. in that way. Yeah, that's where he said that that wasn't intentional. I'm like, I think you're lying, my dude. That yeah, be, yeah. I think you're making that up. That has to be a lie, right? Like, <laughs> that has to be intentional. But yeah, the, then Barbarian, yeah, right. Like, you, I guess the, the easy answer there is like, it's, it's the creepy guy with the flashback. But I think, you know, it's also Justin Long. It's... Yeah. I think it's I think it being set we didn't talk about this with malignant but I was thinking about how both of these have such like a uh established sense of place to them yeah um like with malignant I don't know how much that matters except um I think like coming back to the woman in the attic thing like both of these movies do a lot with like that subterranean psyche right yeah yeah and and with the Seattle underground tunnels um, right literally having Gabriel in the attic um and then here we have um the the basement the labyrinth underneath the house so like having these kind of layers but it's um the sense of place in barbarian um is detroit right which detroit is like the most Mm. iconic american city that was abandoned um you know with manufacturing and just uh seeing sort of uh how that city has been kind of ruined and just passed over um a lot of it anyways like where they are on that street um I don't know how intentional that was on on his part, but it's it was an interesting choice to to film it there. There's certainly a couple other horror movies that come to mind too, like um the other thing that I think is interesting about both movies too, and just sort of like hearing you guys talk about it, is that and Lord knows I I I'm guilty of this and it's and because I'm guilty of this, I'm constantly trying to think of like what I can do to sort of expand my horizons, is that you know, so much, you know, the, the basis of stories are morality plays, right? They're there to sort of teach us lessons. And because of that, or, or, or originally at some point, they were there to teach us lessons and that's why they were passed down. And because of that, there's so much of it is um, about a character learning sort of a moral lesson. And, and so many of the stories of the world can kind of be sort of processed in that way. And the thing that I kind of love of what, what you guys saying about Barbarian, and I think it's out of there in Barbarian's there Malignant, is that 
these aren't movies where the characters learn moral lessons. Like the thing that I, I think that was one of the reasons why, because you're absolutely right. Everything you're saying about Barbarian is straight on, is right, straight on. And, but the reason why I don't think I sort of saw it is because it's not a char- it's not a movie where the protagonist learns a moral lesson. No, you're right. But it is the ideas that are happening are more in kind of how these two things kind of clash, as opposed to being guided guided through those ideas by 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 a protagonist. It's really interesting. That makes sense. Well, yeah. and that that definitely makes sense with like kind of what you're talking about the like, not to say elevated horror is always like this or whatever, but mm-hmm. what you know they say of it, it feels very sometimes almost reverse engineered right like um yeah uh i don't remember that movie that came out a couple years ago that it was it felt very obvious that they're like we're going to make a horror movie about dementia and then a horror movie about dementia and surprise relic really work for me yeah Mm, um you know and not to say you can't start with sort of an overarching but i think often it's going to be better if you have some sort of idea and then tangle out themes later you know what I right right yeah well and like i mean i feel like good writing is generally just kind of messing around in the ideas that have been kind of like occupying your head and not necessarily having a thesis for them right you know i agree yeah you're playing it should be yeah yeah and it'll come together like this is kind of the like aspect of like if i don't know what's gonna happen then (laughs) yeah 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 but it is fascinating in, in that in that because you know in that sort of state it is sort of like oh I'm going to start at point A. I'm going to keep it. You know, it's how Stephen King talks about like how he writes. It's just like, mm-hmm. I start with the first page. I don't outline, I, but every next page is like having a flashlight in a cave. And I just sort of figure out what it is. And then you kind of get into the end and then you figure out, okay, now what's the meaning sort of behind this. And then you kind of mm-hmm. play around and sort of tease it, tease it that way. It's a really interesting way to work. And it's a really interesting way of sort of looking at story. Well, and I'm thinking about what you said about it not being, neither of these movies being, you know the protagonist learning and in yeah. fact with barbarian he goes so far as to, to uh you know Krager goes so far as to poke fun at that because justin mm. long's character um towards the end has that yeah. really sappy moment where he's like oh you know what i am a bad person and i can change and, and it's like almost like that ebenezer scrooge kind of situation. right 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 yeah. and the film well, totally it, debunks that like it laughs it, at it feels that. like kind yeah. of and maybe this is just like my philosophical thoughts um like overlapping or or like superimposing over it but like it feels like he's failed because he's thinking of things in terms of being a good or a bad person right? yeah it's like you have yeah. to choose to do something good rather than mm. like kind of think right, about right. whether you're gonna make a paradigm shift right now or whatever yeah into like a different you're gonna like transform into a good person like a butterfly or something instead of just start <laughs> acting well human and, and considering you- other people and and when you put it that way, I think it 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 is in a sense like you know you know Barbarian and Milligan kind of work at it in two different ways. But mm. when you put it that way, it, it does sort of feel like the both films are anti-intellectual in that way. There, it's not about the thought. It's not about being cerebral. It is very much sort of about just emotion and action and sort of saying that that's sort of more important than you know that dictates more than sort of the conscious you know, having a thought about something or learning a lesson or, or any of those things. Yeah, they're sort of like rejecting having mm-hmm. yeah. a theme. It's the, <clears> um, yeah. what is the part of your psyche that's supposed to be the, I mean, subconscious, but like there's like the ego, the The id. wild guy, the it, id. It, it, it is the wild the guy. Id. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. like these movies feel like they're both. The freaky little guy in your subconscious. <laughs> the freaky yeah, little yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're both that, and it's you're right. It's less about it's it's you know uh, 
we've talked about this before on the podcast like we love a movie where it's like one of the central like thesis of the movie you know is more like hey we're just animals actually like we're just right. like, yeah facts you know we don't have yeah. any sort of higher purpose and i think both of these movies kind of fit in that yeah yeah no totally so how do we feel like this worked as like a double feature like watching both of them i feel like it worked really surprisingly i mean i not to, I, <laughs> really good. You, I was like i'm down for this ride <laughs> but like i was like oh there's so many things i'm seeing refracted in each other i think it worked great it makes her if you watch them actually together which i did not i watched them on separate nights but uh mm. it would make a wild time I don't yeah, know if you, would yeah, have, yeah. Like, you would just be like getting thrown this way and that <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're definitely amped up to 11 after yeah, yeah. if you were to watch both movies on the same night yeah, absolutely well, like chug a rock star and then like uh you gotta like do some yoga in between (laughs) you have like a palate cleanse the palate yeah (laughs) exactly otherwise you're just too amped and feel i I think so (laughs) like that's the other thing if you don't watch this as like a double feature at night like you don't go to sleep after that i don't i don't see how you possibly go to sleep after that man has happened to me too many times where i'm like one more movie and then i'll go to bed and then i'm like well now doing things (laughs) <laughs> no it really it does work but yeah maybe maybe you have to have some sort of intentional palate cleanser or something <laughs> i guess okay, yoga, one more actually okay. two more stray yeah. facts about each movie that i thought was okay. kind of funny okay. um malignant the story was inspired uh partially by edward mordake which was a story about a guy it was like recorded in a bunch of like medical journals and stuff but it might actually not be very it might not be true probably is not true Mm. about a man who had a face in the back of his head in the 1800s like a medical oddity kind of situation and um barbarian uh, the story was partially inspired by the book the gift of fear which is like a nonfiction book about like analyzing like aggressive threatening behavior in people and like learning to trust your intuition specifically to tell you when you're in danger um and not to like reason it away like one thing that i mean something that like i've heard it referenced many many times and like talking about you know being a woman in the world and and learning to not fall back on like politeness and ignore your mm-hmm. gut instincts about people yeah um so like i feel like that's very i feel like both these facts are very in keeping with these movies like not being concerned with like having um like thought out themes or like uh or, or like some kind of like a thesis specifically yeah. like a fake story and a, like a <laughs> non-fiction book about about trusting your gut yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's so that's so cool that's so cool that's i love it they just had this little crumb and they're like well let's fuck around and see what happens <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're both such wild sources of inspiration, too. I love it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I love it, too. <laughs> I'm kind of excited. I'm weirdly excited for the, the Nun sequel now, because I want to see more from Tequila Cooper. Same here. I did. I forgot that she wrote the second, because I, I never saw the first Nun. Did you guys see the first Nun? I did, actually. No. Okay. Wait. Wait. No, I didn't. Oh, time to see the first Nun, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen any of, like, the Conjuring spinoff movies. Uh, I feel like the, just the Conjuring is enough for me, yeah. but, like, yeah, I haven't seen, like, Annabelle or The Nun or whatever. Yeah. I, I love, like, Nunsploitation, though. I have a special Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, it's funny, after you hearing, after hearing you talk about Malignant, I feel like someone needs to make the ultimate contortionist horror movie. Like, oh, you yeah. know, like, it's, it's so such, scary, though. It would be so scary. <laughs> I don't but, like, love it. 
but like contortions have now kind of become like an like part of the heart iconography i feel like 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 yeah. like a low-key iconography but still like so it feels like someone needs to do like the megan of contortionist movies like just like the most ultimate contortionist movie ever it, it has to be troy like troy james has to be in it like 100 yeah. percent. which um if you so you haven't seen any you no have, I, you haven't seen anything for jackson candace you saw that movie yes okay so you okay you gotta yeah see i it. remember i it's, remember the what's the movie again anything for jackson it's on show anything for jackson okay yeah. okay um it's it's fun it's really okay. fun i really liked it it came out a couple years ago and there's this one moment and i won't tell you what but it was very uh-huh. scary and it's all thanks to troy james who is the okay. that i'm obsessed with so um <laughs> and he was pretzel jack and he was great in channel zero anyways right. yeah, that would be so scary god that would be so scary <laughs> it'd be freaky yeah i also wonder like it, it's kind of like when you have like babies who play twins, like how many contortionists you would need to represent a group of contortionists? <laughs> like, you know? I don't know. I think they'd make really good, like if you're doing like really weird kind of almost like thriller type zombies, right? Yeah. Or, which like we're we're ready for that, I think, because Megan <laughs> did a little dance scene. So I yeah, think you can have yeah. like zombies that are almost dancey in their movies. Oh God. And then creepy they contortionist, could be contortionist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. well, that's <laughs> okay. one of the one of the scariest things to me about Malignant, like honestly, because it's not a movie that scares me really. Although there's huh. there's, there's a little jump scares, but um, yeah, yeah. some of the scare the scariest parts for me is when Gabriel is like moving around, and I'm like, he's breaking her bone, he's breaking yeah, her yeah. bone. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. the scariest because he's like crack, yeah. crack. And you're yeah, like, no, yeah, stop, yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> great body horror. Yeah. It is. It's great body horror. It's great body horror. Yeah, the the way the fight sequences are done are so fantastic too because they oh they really do such a great way of just making it feel like such unnatural movement. Yeah, yeah, and they're so um, they are really fun to watch, but they're so funny. Like I love. Yeah, they're so they're so bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it feels like a scene from like Batman or something, like in, like in the <laughs> yeah, precinct, yeah. and then like yeah, yeah we're, we're like in Gotham, but we're also like kind of in the Matrix or something, and <laughs> yeah, also like yeah. there's like freaky body horror, like person like <laughs> moving backwards doing all of this. Oh, yeah, it did have kind of like pulpy superhero vibes. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely well, the even precinct. The, yeah, the precinct, yeah. but even the name of the detective, he's such a pulpy kind of name, Kakoa Shaw. It's just like yeah. it's true, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, these are these are fun. I've come. I, I appreciate you bringing *Malignant* back to me because <laughs> I think I maligned that movie a little bit. I, I yeah, <laughs> we need. We knew we needed to revisit, and also yeah. we had talked when we first uh, like did a mini review of *Barbarian*. We said that we would talk about it pretty soon, so yeah, <laughs> here we are. Yeah, there you go. There you, you go. Well, here. I I appreciate you guys' breakdown of *Barbarian*. You brought up a lot of stuff I hadn't considered, so now I totally want to go back into that movie yet again and just. Yeah, bring like an unsuspecting person, you know, like bring someone else. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like the ring or whatever, like you're getting everyone to watch yeah. the movie. Um, but you don't die in 10 days, hopefully. With <laughs> yeah, yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, remains to be seen, but because <laughs> I just watched it last night. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You still have nine days left. JK, I'd seen it before then, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> okay. But yeah, maybe that's it's that... the com- combination of malignant and barbarian. Maybe oh, we oh, all no. have like eight to nine days left. You unlocked it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. There's too much cranked up to eleven. It's just it wasn't meant. It wasn't meant for for one body to hold. I got to show it to a lot of people before then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It's chainmail vibes. Yeah, gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
Um, thank you so much for coming on PornSec again. Repeat yes. guest. Thank you. Thank you. This is fun. This is fun. Yeah. Like I said, yeah, you you helped me see new parts of the movie. So uh, I'm well, very excited. Same to you. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We needed to come back to Malignant. And um, yeah, we really we really enjoy, we both really enjoyed Dead Boy Detectives. Oh, cool. um, but if you have anything else to plug, go ahead. Uh, uh, what tell else people where do I have to follow to you, where to find you, what to look for. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at real underscore PornSack. You can find me on Instagram at real underscore PSAC. Uh, Dead Boy Detectives. We're up to issue two. A new issue comes out at the end of every month. Nice. Uh, uh, yeah, at the end of every month. Uh, the, the, for anyone who I should probably mention, I already talked about what Dead Boy Detectives is. Uh, the whole sort of um, the whole sort of twist uh, on this iteration of Dead Boy Detectives is that we're trying to make it. I think for the past iterations, it's been a little bit more fantasy, and we're going sort of much more horror. It's a spinoff of sorts of uh, James Tynion's uh sandman uh sandman universe nightmare country uh but you don't really need to read any of that in order to to enjoy to enjoy it and part of the thing and the whole thing is just like you have nice these nice british ghosts and they meet thai ghosts and we get into the world of thai horror and uh and we kind of have those sort of worlds collash and i talked a little bit more about the themes and all that kind of stuff but uh but that's really sort of what the fun is and and it's uh yeah yeah, and I, i part of the goal was a kind of like in the vein of sort of what we've been talking about to sort of take a new sort of swing into horror and trying to do it in a different way. And so, uh, so yeah, and it helped me sort of unlock new things you can do with horror. Uh, so yeah, so that's coming out, a new issue of that is coming out every month. And, uh, and I think in May, May 31st, I think the, um, the deluxe hardcover graphic novel of The Good Asian, which is my book from last year, comes out and that collects the whole thing all in sort of one, all in, all in one all in one brick of a book hell yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice um, very nice I, I love the tie ghost by the way i was like i'm like i need to google this this is fascinating <laughs> i didn't know yeah. about this so yeah 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 I, I do this thing on twitter too because i the thing i do regret from doing like books that aren't mine that aren't image books is that i don't get a letters page at the end and so yeah. i had so i have to go to twitter to be like <laughs> I, I, so I translated a lot of the ghosts sort of in English, uh, as opposed to like what you could find if you Google them. Okay. So it's on a Twitter. I say like, okay, this is what that ghost is. This is what this ghost okay, is because awesome. I do a little bit of, I do a little bit of translating there. In okay, the story cool. Itself. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's very fun and funny. Mm-hmm. You should check it out. Thank you. Hell yeah. Yeah. If you like any of the stuff we talk about on the show, honestly, you'll like it. It'll be, yeah. it'll be fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Um, so thank you to PornTech for coming on again. And um, thank, you. thank you to Claire Holland, as always, for her book of horror-themed poems called I Am Not Your Final Girl. That's our namesake. Yeah. You can find it in places where you can buy books. And you can follow Claire at Claire C. Writes on Twitter. Um, follow Brian Demarest as well while you're at it. He's Evil Flynn on Instagram, and he did our cool show artwork. Um, so if you like that, then you might like his other stuff. He does commissions. Um, follow Pat Stranger at um, Fan... Or Pat Stranger. Pat, Pat Stranger. Spurlock at Phantom Stranger. <laughs> Um, on Facebook. He is our technical and emotional support. Check out our network. It's called Morbidly Beautiful. And um, you can follow them. They're on Twitter at xmorbidbeautyx. And you can go to morbidlybeautiful.com and check out the other shows on the network. Um, Some really good ones. uh, Horror writing as well, if you're into that. And thanks to Ariel, my co-host, Ariel Dyer, for her song that you're about to hear again. It's called Under Your Skin. And you can get it on any of the music places. But you can also buy it on Bandcamp and toss her some money if you want. And um, thanks to you listeners. Happy to talk to you again. 
hit us up. We're NYFG pod on all the things pretty much, except for not your final girl, just on Facebook. And um, that's it. We'll see you that's next it. time. Bye, that's everyone. it. That's all. Bye. Guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye.